welcome to Open Heart Surgery, a podcast where two queer best friends delve into the nuances of relationships and get curious about how to become our most loving selves. Hey, boo. Hey. What are we here today to talk about? We're here to talk about uh, sexuality and gender identity. Yeah, I love that. Also, before we start... (laughs) um, I need to roast you and roast myself. Okay. So, listeners, I've just been informed. Once again, I'm not sure what order this episode will appear at in this season. However, Adrian has just brought it to my attention that I need to speak in our microphone more. Would have loved to know that weeks ago, but, you know, I'm happy to know it now. I wanted you to focus on having conversations. Yeah. And I didn't Likely want you to, story. I didn't want you to have to feel like, you were worried about where you were on the mic. Yeah, now I get that. That's that's my job. I'm I'm happy to know though. And also, it wasn't until I started editing when I was like, oh yeah, this <laughs> this could be better. All right, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the listeners have heard other episodes at this point, and they will agree that it's not bad. And if you don't agree, don't tell us. But if you yeah. agree, tell us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about sexuality. And gender identity. There's so much to say. So you much start. to say. Okay, so do you want do we want to start talking about our personal? Sure. I like that. Because I feel like we've been on a journey with this like yeah. recently. And something I was talking about with like one of my lifelong friends, Emma. Shout out Emma. Emma designed um, our logo. Woo! Logo designer. Um, but over the weekend she was visiting me and we were talking about how like exploring your sexuality and where you exist in terms of your queerness really never ends. Like where I am now is so different than where I was a year ago, which is so different than where I was 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm still like fairly new on my queer journey. A baby gay, you might say? I'm still a bit of a baby gay. We love that. We love that. Um, But yeah, I mean, even that I feel like in the past, what, like, two year year and a half two years like i feel like i've learned so much about myself you want to share any of that sure so i came out november of 2020 yeah so not Mm. quite two years i'm so glad that you did yeah how brave thanks uh yeah so i was having a conversation with my partner um charity she's my platonic partner it actually came out around women's clothing well it's sort of women's clothing there's there's this clothing line completely blank. Wild thing. Yes. There's this clothing <laughs> God, line. God, I know you. <laughs> There's this clothing line called Wild Fang, who you're obviously familiar with. I like it. They have great clothing. Wild Fang, we are interested in any sponsorship. Yes, please sponsor us. <laughs> How would you describe their clothing? I would describe their clothing is unisex, queer, hot. I want to fuck you if you're wearing Wild Fang. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. But like, so I like saw their clothes. Can you tell we're drinking rosé? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I saw their clothes and I love their clothes. Yeah, great clothes, um, obviously. But like, to me, I was like, oh, Is the- it unisex or did I make Yeah, that? no, they okay, are. Yeah, cool. they have. I like looked at their clothes and I was like, oh, I love their clothes. But I was like, oh, that's not, I can't wear those clothes. Charity and I had this whole conversation about like why I thought I couldn't wear these clothes. And I was just like, oh, these are clothes for someone else. You know, these are clothes for like, I don't know, like androgynous people or mm-hmm. non-binary or like 
sort of masculine lesbians or something like that, yeah. you know? And then, like, the more we talked about it, the more she was like, well, why, why do you feel like you can't do that? And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to do that. And, like, as we talked about it, she was like, it sounds like you're saying you're non-binary. And I did not feel like I could be. Like, I felt like I, felt like I was taking up someone else's space. Yeah. Because I have non-binary friends, but they're all, like, I feel like they were all different from me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they were, like, more masculine assigned female at birth people. Or they were, like... yeah more feminine assigned male at birth people you know and then so I, and i was like me i present pretty masculine right and like no one really gets confused about my gender and like so for me i was like well, i'm not non-binary hmm. but like the more i talked about it, the more i was like no that is what i am right but like i've always had a lot of female friends and i've always like honestly had some trouble making male friends and I've always, like, identified with, like, pieces of myself that, like, socially we we consider, like, feminine, you know? Like, I love, like, I love poetry and I love, like, and, and like, not a, the, any of these. And, again, these are all, like, assignments we make, you know? Like, and, like, these are all things in my head that are, like, I like poetry. I like rom-coms. I like love stories. I cry yeah. a lot. You know, like, to me, these are, like, these are all feminine things. Of course they're not. But all things that made me feel like I did not fit in with a lot of my male friends and like I didn't identify with my masculine side and like that's just like kind of been a theme where I've never felt masculine enough Hmm. and then like when I thought about being non-binary I was like well I'm not feminine enough you know wow oh that just like hits me because like you're not masculine enough you're not feminine enough it makes me just realize what a universal lie it is that we tell ourselves that we're not enough for whatever right and it's never true yeah oh that just i feel that in my heart but when i started identifying as non-binary and of course i came out to my friends you were one of the first people i came out to yeah i was so um grateful you trusted me with that and of course everyone was loving and accepting and i was worried about coming out to my non-binary friends because i felt like they would be like you're not one of us. Really? <laughs> I was, oh, that's so yeah. interesting. And what was their reaction? They were like? all so supportive. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like, yeah, I'm, I'm like that makes sense. They were like, everyone who wants to be is one of us. Yeah. yeah. It was such a validating thing. It like made me understand so many pieces of my life. Like so many past relationships helped me understand like my current relationships. It just like felt like I, I finally like found a place that I fit. Yeah. And like that was the thing that like I'd always struggled with because I grew up very conservative very religious and there were times when i would like try to figure out where i fit because i didn't again i didn't feel like i fit in a masculine box i didn't feel like i fit in a feminine box so then i like i made gay friends and i was like am i gay because i identified with some of that then i was kind of like no the box didn't fit quite like I, Mm i didn't feel like i was gay you know and then i made like some trans friends and i was like am i trans is that what it is and like no i don't i don't necessarily feel like a little bit, but maybe not completely. And then like non-binary, like it just clicked. And like I felt weird about like, so I changed my pronouns to they, them, or like he, him, they, them initially. I mean, it still is that, but I'm more comfortable with they, them. At first that felt weird too, because it felt like, again, it felt like I was taking someone else's pronouns. But like the more I explored it, the more I was like, no, this is me. This is very me. And like that's changed a lot over the last, not quite two years even. Like I felt like I've kind of like grown into figuring out who I am and like how I want to express myself and identify myself and i'm sure that's going to change more as i go along but yeah it's been just such a validating such a good experience and 
as your good friend through that whole journey. It's also been such a just just such a wonderful experience to watch you go through that because I feel like I knew you before and I know I did, mm-hmm. but now I know that I know a much more you version of you. Yeah. And it's like oh, I feel closer to you. I think a lot of your other friends would echo the same thing. Yeah. So something that I don't think I realized when I came out is queer, and we can talk about me next, but Mm -hmm. something I don't think I realized was how often you have to keep coming out. You don't come out once. You come out in a million different ways all the time. How has the process of you coming out as non-binary changed at all? Like, Has it gotten easier? Has it gotten harder? How do you, when you are telling someone new that you're non-binary now, does it feel any different than when you first started telling people or does it feel the same? Yeah, for sure. I honestly specifically remember when I told you. Um, oh, I hope I was good. <laughs> you were great, but you had a lot of questions because you always have a lot of questions. I you're so great with questions. I asking questions. <laughs> but you had a lot of questions about like- What did I even ask? You asked like, I wanted to dress differently or like- Oh, like well, if I, I wanted to like, right to it. Or like if I wanted to like- like, or I was considering dating like other people oh, like, wow. at the time I was in committed relationship with yeah. Charity, who is now my platonic partner. I don't like I don't know. And you asked some some questions like that, or like if I wanted to like wear makeup, or like I don't know. You asked like some question about presenting. I didn't know the answer to any of those questions. Like yeah, <laughs> and like right, uh, and like I th- I think I initially I was kind of like I I wanted people to kind of start maybe like using they them pronouns just a little bit, you know. Um, but like I was still very comfortable with he him. So like, that yeah, that's changed a lot. Like now I'm now that I feel like more confident. There's definitely part of me that since then that has you know explored different things and like I thought through like kind of who I am and like there's still different different things I want to explore. Like um, I've explored a little bit with like dress, kind of small smaller things I guess. Like I wear like like I like to wear florals and I like to like wear like you know, bright colors and stuff like that, which I, which I did sort of before, but I feel like I've kind of gotten more into that. I started dyeing my beard different colors, started wearing like nail polish, wearing like necklaces, like, which it's like, are all things that like, I don't know, I would have done before, like to different extents. I don't know. It's felt more like there's a reason behind me doing it, you know? Absolutely. I've loved watching your whole evolution and I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. And like, I want to go with you to get your ears pierced. Yes. That's one thing. I really want to get my ears pierced. I'll get another piercing with you. I haven't told you this. I did buy this one, like, women's, it's a women's top. Um, Oh my God. What does it look like? I I love a a real time reveal. I haven't worn it yet. What's it look like? It has like these little, like, umbrellas on it. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I haven't worn it yet. I've been like wanting to experiment with with makeup some. Cool. Um, very cool. I'm yeah. so bad at it. I wish I could help you, <laughs> but I am not. I'm I'm experimenting myself. <laughs> I don't think you're bad at it. Yeah. Well, I'm. Meh, I'm not the one who can help, but I love it. Oh my god. Yeah. The, the other thing is, I don't think I necessarily had like the words for it as right. much anymore. Yeah. Then, um, so like I've determined like queer is a good like term that. for me. Like I, I identify as queer. I felt like I've like become more myself and like mm-hmm. understood myself better. It was really cool. I came out. So I came out to friends. Then I came out to on Twitter. 
I don't know. I don't really know why. We love that. I don't really know why I, I did it on social media disorder, but I came out on Twitter, and then I came out on Instagram, and then I came out on Facebook. I love it. I think it was just like, these are the people I felt comfortable with. So like when I came out on Twitter, like I tweeted about it. When I came out on Instagram, I talked about it. When I came out on Facebook, which was like a f- few months after coming out like to like you right. and friends, one of my Facebook friends messaged me, and she was like... I'm just like, I just love how like confident you were about yes. how you were non-binary, and w- which was funny because at the time I was I was still kind of getting used to it. And I was still like, I still don't feel completely confident when I say it, but like she did, and she was like, she was like, I think I am too, and like wow. we had a whole conversation. And just recently, she came out on Facebook as gender fluid. That's amazing. I had another whole Instagram conversation with one of my friends from way back in the day, um, who like also like thinks she's somewhere on like a non-binary or gender fluid spectrum so yeah it's been really cool coming out in public which like you may or may not do depending on how comfortable you are and like coming out on social media obviously you don't owe anyone anything but like it's been cool doing it and then having that spark a conversation with people who feel similarly absolutely and that's so inspiring to them too yeah okay let's talk about you okay so i I came out, let's see, I had my first girlfriend, I guess I was like a junior going into senior year of high school, I think. Okay. So I was a young baby gay. I don't even, I'm going to refer to that as my first girlfriend, but she, she has now transitioned and goes, is, you know, a male and uses a male name, presents to the world as male. And I have a lot of people I've dated who I dated when they were either female or non-binary and they're either now non-binary or trans yeah i'm just i'm so attracted to a non-binary bay like i i just think like i love that it's someone who seems really themselves and not not adhering to you know female or male like not black or white i really like that so that's a bit of my history. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I'm just now kind of like experimenting with like kind of liking more feminine people. Yeah. So I'm experimenting with a lot right now. We'll yeah. get into that. We love that. Um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I came out to my mom. I guess I was 17, 18. I'd probably just turned 18, I think. I made my mom tell my dad. (laughs) (laughs) I came out to my really close friends around that time. And I started, I dated my first girlfriend for probably about a year and a half. It was long distance, of course, because lesbians, it's always long distance. (laughs) We love that. And she went to college in another state. I thought that was so hot. I was like, oh, I'm a senior in high school. You're a freshman in college and you got a state. Yeah. That is freaking sexy. Oh, that's so sexy. Uh, spoiler alert. She was cheating on me the whole time. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> the writing was on the wall. Oh, no. The writing was on the wall. But um, yeah. You know, it was a tumultuous first relationship, as so many of them are, especially your first queer relationship. It's like. Yeah stereotypically tumultuous but i started dating more girls more non-binary people more trans people i never dated men in college and undergrad i did make out with an alarming number of men 
<laughs> it was, I mean, I'm, I'm quite shocked. I don't know the numbers. And so many of them were beautiful gay men. Like, if you were a beautifully crafted gay man that looked like Adonis, I was making out with you. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I always used the term lesbian. I felt very much like I was a lesbian. Yeah. And then I started feeling like I wasn't so much yeah. a lesbian. Because I was like, I'm, okay, I'm dating maybe biological women, but a lot of these people aren't. They don't identify as women, or maybe they're transitioning. And I felt like it was kind of limiting to say I'm a lesbian because yeah. I think their experiences are so valid. And the experiences I've gotten from the people I've dated who are non-binary and trans are, they've truly been illuminating experiences for my life. And thinking I'm a lesbian just feels very invalidating in that way. So mm-hmm. I started using the term gay, yeah. <laughs> which I... I still love that term. Like yeah. saying that I'm gay feels great. Yeah. But really what I use now is queer. A lot of that is because after my divorce or, th- you know, in the separation process with my ex-spouse who identifies as non-binary, you know, I didn't love using the term lesbian because I was married to a non-binary person yeah. who had female body parts, but I never Mm -hmm. really viewed them as a female. And like when my ex said that they wanted to start using they and them pronouns, it just made a lot of sense. Yeah. And so after we separated, I had been kind of attracted to men in Mm -hmm. some way for a while. And when we separated, I decided, okay, I want to explore this. Like, I don't think I'm attracted to only one gender. So I want to explore men. And I'm really glad I did that. It opened my eyes a lot and it made me realize people are people. I personally don't think right now at this moment that I could be attracted to men on the same emotional level that I'm attracted to women at. But obviously things can change. I'm not going to say that's true for everything in the future. I think men are really hot and I had fun times. But... Um, I think it's the emotional connection is different with women for me, I think. And that makes the physical connection so much better. Yeah. But that's, totally you know, sense. what I feel right now and that can change. And I've learned sexuality is so, so fluid. Yeah. People are just people. And I think I, I really did not think that. And I think in a way I was often threatened when my girlfriend's would talk about like their experiences with men. Mm-hmm. I think I thought, what are men giving my girlfriends that I can't give them? The answer is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, question I have for you. Yeah. So like, obviously you came out. I mean, not like you're not that old. So you didn't come out forever ago. It feels like it. <laughs> it's been a whole time. But times have changed, you know, yeah. like, like, <laughs> like society's definitely or like parts of society, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> have gotten more accepting yeah there's a lot more conversation about it we have a lot more information available now than what we used to have like when you came out do you feel like that's affected you or like affected how you think about it or how you talk about it oh my god that's such a good question so i realized from tiktok recently (laughs) that i am what they call an elder queer (laughs) you are an elder queer what the hell (laughs) that's what i I didn't want to say that outright That is the most offensive thing that I've ever heard in my whole gay journey is me being called an elder queer. I just want to write that down for the record. Like, do not call people that. So, okay. um, 
So you're asking me about what it's like to be an elder. Queer. What is it That's like strange. to be an elder? I was I was great, asked in a very great. tactful this way. This is the second but. second time I've heard this recently. <laughs> it is so different now because I feel like it's a lot easier to be open about sexuality now, yeah. especially because everyone in Gen Z is pan. Yeah, That's and so I true. love that. Like That's so true. I love that. I am so here for Gen Z and their pansexuality, and I can't wait for them to take over the world. Right. And that's part of that is because people my age in the elder queer community have come yeah. out and we've, you know, been visible. And like, I will walk around holding my girlfriend's hands, but like, that's been hard. Yeah. And that was yeah, really I mean, hard to do when I was really young. Yeah. That's what I was saying. You haven't always been comfortable with that, mm-hmm. right? No, that was really hard to do. Mm. And it's so much more okay now. And also I make sure to only live in like the most liberal pockets of the cities I'm in. You know, like I live in a very left leaning area of Charlotte, North Carolina. I lived in a, I lived in Tennessee before, but only in the more progressive cities. I lived in DC, which was very progressive. And I think, you know, I've had to like think about how to protect myself a lot and how to make sure I'm surrounded by people who are going to celebrate me and accept my queerness. And I really hope it's easier for younger people now. And I think it is just from like talking to like kids of friends or like younger people I know, it seems a lot easier. And I almost feel like sexuality is less of a, it seems like coming out isn't so much of a thing anymore, which I love. Like, I don't think we should have to come out. Yeah. We should all just assume people aren't X or Y. We're all somewhere in the middle, hopefully. I love that. And I agree. I definitely feel like it's easier for younger people, for sure. As someone who is, I am still a baby queer, but I'm yeah, an we older love that. but I'm an older person who is queer. Yeah. I know I see like I have a lot of queer friends on Twitter who like I don't know in real life, but like I've gotten connected with them through different ways. And like I'm connected to like some younger people and yeah. who some younger people who live in like kind of more rural areas. I've seen them talk about how they've connected with people on Twitter and how like they have a bunch of queer friends that maybe they've never met in real life, but they're very close to. And they've learned Shout a lot out to all my Tumblr booze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tumblr is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I love the idea that it's easier for the next generation. Yeah. And I hope it is. And I hope it continues to be. Me too. I feel like that is something like at least we've made some steps toward in the community and like being more out. I agree. You can thank me by sending me a $10 Venmo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> I love that. All right, any Gen Z um, <laughs> queers listening, I'll accept a $10 Venmo. <laughs> All right, shall we say a bit about our guests? Yes. All right, so our guest is someone I've known since I was an undergrad at the University of Tennessee. Um, just an all-around great human. Mm-hmm. Jordan Forrest Miller, they, them pronouns. So Jordan and I met in Lambda Student Union, which was the University of Tennessee's like gay alliance club thing. And we also did a lot at the, it was like an LGBT center on campus. I think it was called the Pride Center. Jordan can probably fact check me on all of this because I feel like (laughs) they have a much better memory than mine, but Uh 
Jordan is a researcher, educator, scholar, and organizer, just an all-around great person who is now living in New York. Their background is so rich, so diverse. So I met them when they were a kinesiology major for their bachelor's at the University of Tennessee, and we hit it off. Such a great person. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it. We dated in undergrad, and it was a great experience and just a great person with a great viewpoint on the world. Then Jordan went to Georgia State University for their master's, which they completed in 2016. They studied women's gender and sexuality studies and had a thesis that was titled, I want to know where the rule book is, YouTube as a site of counter narratives to transnormativity. Love it. Love it. They've recently gotten their PhD in sociology, also from Georgia State University, where they concentrated in gender and sexuality. And their dissertation for their PhD was what makes trans lives more livable an intersexual content analysis of hashtag we happy trans and hashtag the gender tag so I mean that's a very short three minute three minute summary of Jordan as a human they're also you know just such a more dynamic person than I could convey in this short summary and really opened my mind when I was young to dating a different person than me and like thinking in different ways and I loved their viewpoint on the world and really still do I'm happy I got to reconnect with them through this podcast and got to introduce you Adrian to them and yeah. I hope you enjoy our discussion it was very enlightening yeah for sure let's see right, happy listening and be sure to stay tuned after the discussion because Adrian and I are going to take the Kinsey scale test yes. but Adrian's smirking at me so I don't know what that means so stay tuned for that as well bye as Ira well, Glass would say no bye stay with us yes stay with us Jordan and I met in undergrad at UT Knoxville, so we have also known each other for a long while. Um, I feel like I was such a baby. Yeah, like 13 years ago. We were were little babies. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think you were, like, one of the first people I've ever kissed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... What's my first college girlfriend gonna ask? Like, you still listen to Ani DeFranco? <laughs> I do. I do too. I don't know about you, but I do. Oh my God. And that's right. I was your first college girlfriend. Like, what a time. Yeah. <laughs> no regrets. It was fun. No. <laughs> Should I start with like a brief intro? Yeah, no, that's good. So today we're here talking with Jordan who, as you probably know, I was Jordan's first college girlfriend. That's not relevant to the topic at all, Um, (laughs) but I do want it known. So we're here to talk about gender, sexuality, exploring your sexuality, anything under that really wide umbrella. We've got some questions, but also just want to you know, have a dialogue. And I know there's so much we could talk about here. Yeah, for sure. Jordan, I was just wondering if you can give us like a brief overview of your expertise on the subject and just kind of where you come from with it. Yeah, so I'm Jordan Forrest Miller. Um, I use they, them pronouns. 
um, I guess my expertise comes from like life experience, but also I have a doctorate in sociology concentrating in gender and sexuality from Georgia State University. I like got my diploma in the mail the other day. It's really exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, concentrated in gender sec- and sexuality and did my master's in women's gender and sexuality studies and then did my undergrad in kinesiology, which was kind of had a, a public health leaning at the time, but I was really involved in community organizing at um, University of Tennessee. And uh, I've been studying trans YouTube videos for eight years. So that's wow. really a lot of where my comes from is um, watching like, you know, hundreds of hours of YouTube videos and uh, doing a huge content analysis project for my dissertation. Oh, that's so interesting. It's a lot about uh, public health implications of trans YouTube videos and like, um, I'll say most of what I found was like, we need community support, like robust community support is what boosts uh, trans well-being. Um, that's one major finding of my work. Um, what else? Yeah, community organizing, I think, is another. <clears throat> so I've had my academic research and then, um, yeah, started organizing it. UT through Lambda Student Union. Actually, it is relevant that you're my first girlfriend, Susanna, because I think you introduced (laughs) me to Lambda. (laughs) I did. I did. That's amazing. I came in hot, hot with the game. (laughs) It was a messy time, but. Oh, to say the least. (laughs) Really powerful work and like energizing work that I've continued to do. So I um, did a lot of organizing in Atlanta um, with. I started Trans Week at Georgia State. So it's like a week long event, kind of like Sex Week at University of Tennessee, but like yeah. trans specific, <laughs> like cool. uplift trans and trans experiences, especially for like IPOC trans people in Atlanta. And then I've done so many things. There's there's a lot of organizing stuff we could talk about. Yeah, that's kind of an overview of like a lot of what I do. And then yeah, <clears throat> one major thing I wanted to um, but out there is community support. That's a, a major part of um, trans organizing and the work that I do and what I think is most important to think about when like this broad topic of gender and sexuality. Um, like there's so much support in all of that um, if you can get connected to it. And that's, I think, really powerful work. Yeah, that's great. I really love that. <laughs> like that was a lot. but we can yeah. get <laughs> This is just kind of a question of like, how much you want to share either way do you want to talk any about like your own personal identity and like that journey or um do you feel comfortable talking about that yeah i feel comfortable with that um let's see so i guess when i met you Susanna, i identified probably as a lesbian right i think so yeah (laughs) right i don't know i've evolved yeah (laughs) i definitely want to talk about that evolution for sure because Mm -hmm. yeah i personally am still realizing you know like there's so much evolving within the queer community and it really, I I feel doesn't have an end unless you want it to. So you can just keep evolving. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. So I guess I could start at the beginning, like in high school, I started exploring my sexuality. I didn't really have any language for gender at the time. It was just kind of like, I have a, you know, I was assigned female at birth and I didn't really question that at the time so much. So I was exploring sexuality in different ways and had um, different relationships in high school and um, was kind of in a, I won't say totally oppressive situation or like environment, but it was really hostile. I mean, it 
I guess it was oppressive, right? Um, yeah. Like <clears throat> I was outed to my soccer team in high school as oh, wow. dating a girl. That was kind of how that that happened. Um, <clears throat> and I was really had a lot of fear about sharing that with my family, mm-hmm. um, kind of from a like. Uh, I have some religious fundamentalist background living in the South. Yeah, um, sure. and I was yeah had a lot of fear around just like disclosing that when I was financially dependent on them. So I waited until I got to college, probably after we dated actually, Susan. Um, like once I was not financially dependent at all on my family, I really was able to explore that in a different way and came into, you know, organizing at that time and came into like um, the Pride Center was a major source of support for me at University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's where I learned a lot of different language. So I learned the word queer at University of Tennessee after a couple of years, like, oh, queer, what's that? Oh, that's me. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, yeah. so, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then um, I did date men in undergrad too. Um, and I still do that sometimes, but it, it's very rare that that's something I'm inclined to do. Um, so I- <laughs> Or different uh, sexual identities. I've landed on queer. That feels really good for me at this time. Yeah, um, I think. And then um, there's also a strong trans community at University of Tennessee. So I met a lot of other people that had similar types of experience um, with navigating uh, family and, and gender norms, especially. So um, I started identifying as gender queer for a while, and then. Um, a trans man for a while. I've landed on non-binary transmasculine. That feels good to me. Um, after I graduated undergrad, I started testosterone uh, when I was, it was, let's see, 20, beginning of 2014. I was on testosterone for six years. I, I stopped that for health reasons mostly. Um, and that was uh, with the, again, with the support of a lot of people at University of Tennessee that helped me in that process. Yeah, so I'm queer, non-binary, transmasculine. Also poly, that's that's a, another vector of identification in there. Um, yeah. I'm a relationship anarchist. <laughs> nice, love <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, I don't personally, like, I don't personally jive with the hierarchical relationship, but like, that's never really been comfortable for me. Yeah. And I, I'm glad I can realize that like now I'm 31. I'm really solid in my identities. Like I know who I am and like what I want to do in the world. Um, you know, like that feels really good. Yeah, I love that. And I love the I love the like to hear your journey. So like really that really appreciate you sharing that. So I just came out as queer, uh non binary just like a year and a half ago, something like that. So still like new to that and just kind Mm -hmm. of realizing you know pieces of that from my past which has been Mm -hmm. like um which have been like a really interesting you know discovery um especially for like later in life Mm -hmm. um and i know Suze, we've talked a little bit about like you exploring like different areas there uh so yeah i think like we're just very much interested in like exploring and like the spectrum and like not needing to pinpoint too precisely where you fall on it but also like finding that language i think to communicate where you're at and and who you are i'll share like just a little about where i'm coming from like i feel like i used to look at relationships and identities as much more black and white than i do now Mm -hmm. and now i'm like oh my gosh i'm embracing the gray area which is 
where 99.9% of people probably fall. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I've been exploring like attraction to cisgender men. And it's kind of like what you said, Jordan. It's not, I don't think that's my, you know, that's not where I really lean always, but you know, there's attraction there and people are beautiful humans really. Um, And it's not so black and white. So that's, that's where I am. Yeah, I think at one point I was really like trying to find a box that would like capture yeah. me. And, like, yeah. That doesn't <laughs> like, you know, no matter what box I'm going to put myself in, like I, I kind of jumped from like, uh-huh. oh, I'm a femme woman, like at one point, and then like flipped to like, oh, I must be a masculine trans man, obviously, since everyone's telling me I am. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like people say, oh, let me know when you want to use he, him pronouns. I'm like, I really don't like yeah. trying to separate myself from external expectations and like that's a lot of deep work to like find that authentic place that feels right no matter like gender sexuality applies to a lot of things yeah between like maybe some of your own personal experience or just kind of like your research and study how do you feel like gender identity and like your sexuality like how have you seen that like the two kind of affect each other and Mm. um, well i think my like Susanna was saying, like my desire for like this, I won't say rigid definition, but like, I guess over time, I've just realized how socially constructed all of this is. Like that's yeah. <laughs> research finds this is all socially constructed. Right, in fact. Right. <laughs> the more I try to tease it apart at this point, it like kind of all just goes together. Yeah. And I think like it's a very um, societal construction of like gender is this, sexuality is this. I don't know how else to say that other than like we made all that up <laughs> right yeah. So, like, yeah, totally like we reinforce this in different ways by like binary bathrooms and whatever else and socialization and all these things so for me what feels comfortable is like a, a more open word like queer what's that mean well that means whatever it means to me and it doesn't yeah. mean this for every yeah. queer person but it is a way for me to find community and like connect with people that are like me and that like I can connect with in different ways. And that's also like a political stance in some ways. Like I'm not trying to assimilate into this system that I'm not buying into in that way. Like this fluid, fluid space is, is comfortable for me. Yeah. So they're not like the same thing, gender and sexuality, obviously, um, maybe not obviously, but, but they're very much in intersect in a lot of ways. So, yeah. I think that answers really, your question. That was a really beautiful answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that like touched my heart. I love queer as a political stance. Yeah. I think that's yeah, that's such a good way to put it because it's it's because it's all interconnected, right? Yeah. I know at one point, like when I got gay married, <laughs> I was like really into like fitting into society in some kind of way, and like that was like a moment for me, like oh, we're finally going to be recognized, and like that's not what happened. <laughs> like, yeah, that's still not. And I'm not trying to do that anymore, actually. Like, I've radical, I don't know, I've become more radicalized since that time in my life and like realized that like these systems aren't made to support me. They're not going to do that. And I'm not trying to like fight for my rights in that kind of way. Like, I'm not spending my time doing that. That's so interesting. So, your activism that's more around like kind of creating your own community, or how would you, how would you describe that? Yeah. At this point, my activism is about building a village, honestly, like a like an actual village is what I want for like me and my family and kids. We're actively working toward that and like getting out of isolation 
<clears throat> like all these families are living in isolation. All these friends are living in isolation. And I'm like, why don't we have a polyplex or like, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, like, why aren't we doing that? Why are we living so far apart and not like in daily life with each other? And that's really what I would like to see. Um, that's what my activism is now. At one point, it, I mean, and, and it still is about like large trans events or large mm-hmm. queer events. Those are really fun and I think bring together some types of people and that's really powerful too. And I enjoy yeah. that. I'm currently not working in academia. So that was a major place where I was doing that work. It's like mm-hmm. getting that fun from universities and channeling that into community. I enjoy that work and I might get back to that. But so I am still connecting with trans and queer people and I'm new to the Rochester area. So I'm doing that here at this point, but I'm also actively working on like villaging. and Yeah. Can we touch on that a little bit more? Like, what are the benefits of that, of um, villaging, just for people who might not know anything about it? Oh, so, yeah, there's so many benefits to villaging. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just reducing, like, the just reducing, but um, reducing the daily stress of, like, trying to raise kids is a major part of it. Like, we have, right now, we have four adults here, which is nice. Um and two kids, Wait, right? Three adults. Wait, yeah, three right now. Who's the fourth person I'm thinking of? There's six of us here. Who is it? Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. There are six of us. Done there last night. Um, <laughs> so, like, for example, uh, when there are three of us, when one person just got back, um, he's here for this summer. But um, one example is dinners so we have five we had five people and we would do each adult would cook two nights a week and then one of the kids is 10 we got a 10 year old and an eight year old um, and she would cook taco tuesday so we would each have two nights a week instead of like the burden often placed on women to cook every night and like do all the housework and all the crap all the time it's not crap it's not crap but you know the daily maintenance of yeah. living yeah <laughs> uh, my uh companion here uh She's been doing that work for 22 years and she's exhausted, right? Um, yeah. So reducing that stress, especially on the mothers and caregivers, primary caregivers, um, that's a major benefit of villaging. And um, when I was in Tennessee, uh, where we met, I lived in a, a pagan commune, I guess. And there were five different areas called the Valley of the Dragons in Tennessee, like uh, near Sevierville. And it was awesome because there's like a bunch of kids there and then it can all be collective. And like, ideally, if everyone's like functioning on some level, <laughs> uh, yeah. you can like go in on meals and like get big food together. And like the the stress of all that is divided. So you're not burnt out so much. Right. Um, that's one thing. Um, and kids get more one-on-one attention and like ability to connect and less isolation and less like just detachment and I don't know. It's so good for everybody <laughs> in, in my mind. I mean, it's also a lot of communication. And yeah. That's fascinating. We have a logo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to send it to me. We'll put it <laughs> yeah. up on our Insta. Yeah. It, it's called Harness the Collective Brilliance. Oh, so, like, very cool. That's something that they can bring. Um, you know, that looks a lot, you know, different contributions, but we value all of that and like, bringing that together and able to do fun stuff mm-hmm. together and eat food together and raise these kids and stuff. you know yeah so it sounds like to you the idea of being in community with people who have who see gender and sexuality like very similar to you 
um, is mm-hmm. very important. How, how do you think like that relates to someone who is looking to kind of like be more intentional in it in like certain ways, you know, maybe not, you know, creating their own village, but how does that, you know, how does that look like for more people who are living, you know, like kind of the traditional split family homes, like yeah. we're kind of in between there. Yeah. Well, I think there can be community building outside of co-housing, right? Mm. So like buyers over here, that's really fun for me too. We do full moon and new moon get togethers often, not all the time because we're traveling right now, but <clears throat> just connecting in those ways and still staying out of isolation. Um, even yeah. if it's really like that helps. I know like when pandemic started, I was like living by myself in uh, the Valley in Tennessee and just felt like really disconnected from everyone and like connecting online and not being in isolation and not feeling like I'm the only one experiencing this trauma, which obviously everyone is, but to actually be able to talk about that with friends and like cry about it and whatever like that really boosts your resilience if nothing else so i think if you're not interested in like that kind of coming together in like a village kind of thing you can still connect and like get together um in ways that feel safe to you yeah not sink into being on social media and in a trauma response (laughs) i think a lot of people are living that way yeah one thing that adrian and i have been doing that's so small but is really impacted my life is like we've been cooking together a lot and it's so intimate and just meaningful and it's Mm -hmm. a great way to you just talk the whole time and i think like that's really felt like a huge sense of community for me lately just like our random meals with whatever we have (laughs) i love that stuff (laughs) me too me too yeah we cook so much here it's kind of absurd like we eat so well. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's yeah. Great. And I just cooked like this huge stir fry last night and like turnips with maple syrup on it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like part of our religion as pagan people. Like that's the center of our existence is like connecting with the earth and like being in alignment with the earth and the planet. Um, the earth is the planet, but you know, <laughs> like yeah. that, that's, that's awesome. how we <laughs> grounding ourselves and rooting ourselves in daily nourishment yeah, and like that. ideally in, in a village and community like your individual needs are met and collective needs are met like that's the idea of harness the collective brilliance it's like when everyone's needs are met we can thrive like individually and collectively that's what we're continuing wow. to work on i love that i've never um I don't think I've ever spoken to someone who's mm. actually doing that work. Like I've heard of people mm-hmm. talk about how great it would be, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've been is... talking about it for a really long yeah. time. Yeah, this is so <laughs> you know, inspiring. Of, you know, I, you see those like Instagrams about like all the co-housing plans, yeah. but like I've tried to ma- I tried to make it happen in Atlanta too, but the problem often is like lack of resources at this mm-hmm. time, and like everyone's burnt out and exhausted and like yeah. working too much. Um, but we are like really working on it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, that. And uh, this is a tangent a little bit, but like with this land, um, this is owned by my companion's husband and uh, you got to like rezone to build onto it. We're like, well, what if we just build tiny houses, no foundation technically, <laughs> and then we can uh-huh. have a tiny house village better, and then, or we'll find another place to move, but that's a whole Thing. that does sound like a whole thing and they send drones to like check your land oh my like, god really yeah to like make sure you're in regulation whatever we're like i don't know <laughs> and we want to creek, you know sustainability oh, yeah yeah that's not really a tangent no i i want to now i'm like we've got to do a whole episode in season two about villaging this is fascinating <laughs> yeah we're gonna reach back out people indigenous to the land live in alignment in that way and have been living right. in alignment 
that way and like coming back to that um, for people that have been disconnected from their roots, like whatever that looks like, I think um, for people that want that anyway, I think can be really powerful and like reclaiming. My companion calls herself a revillager too. So like we met and we're like in total alignment with that that path very cool say someone's listening to this and they are in that mindset of you know sexuality is black and white i have to either be gay or straight but Mm. maybe they're starting to realize it's not that black and white and that they could explore a little bit how Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for people who maybe want to start safely exploring their gender identity, sexuality, anything like that, like maybe where where mm. to begin, just because the queer world is so, I feel like embracing and so wonderful, but also kind of intimidating if, you, mm-hmm. if you're if you not in that world at all. So any, any advice you might give? Well, I know that like there's a lot of resources out there. So one that comes to mind is the gender book. It's like an online PDF that's free. Can't remember the name of that. Ray something. I think you can just Google gender book. It has like a, and I, I still wouldn't stick to like hard definitions, but there's a lot, a large range of gender identities represented in that and different body types and different races and et cetera. I think that's one good resource. I'm also just thinking about like YouTube videos. The predominant message on YouTube is really that like black and white, you're cis or trans. Like that's the dominant message of what you're going to hear. You're If you're not cis, you're a trans man or a trans woman. And, and that means that you have these specific goals of transition and, you know, this linear trajectory of uh, having an end goal of completing your medical transition, whatever, you know, that's yeah. the dominant message, what you hear um, and what you'll find on YouTube. But once you start digging into it, there's so much there. Um, there's so much diversity within gender identities and sexual identities um, and how like race intersects with those things, like all of that's out there on YouTube if you look for it, right? You have to like use the right tags and like follow comments. And I think that's actually a really useful way to just see what all's out there. So like, you could read my dissertation if you want. <laughs> that's, that's the place you could go. <laughs> if you don't want to watch all these videos, you could just read about it. <laughs> and like there are like 50 something gender identities represented in these um youtube videos that i watch like that's that's wild like nano boy girl uh like some i hadn't heard of uh a poro a pora gender i don't know what is that it's like off the gender spectrum somewhere and there there was some conversation about like is that appropriative like they're not saying third gender but like kind of like that conversation out there but so the tag that I studied was called the gender tag and it has like 722 videos. Wow. Just if it, it was created by um, someone called um, a wild Atlas wild. Um, and their work's really awesome. And they actually came to my dissertation defense too. I invited oh my God. That's so cool. Studying, studying you for many years, um, defending my dissertation. If you want to come to that. And, and it was really awesome really supportive and really excited that I was doing this work and like their project had like found a place in academia and they were like really um, into that. That was cool. Wow. I love that. That's really cool. They get so much backlash too, just like being out there being public as openly trans in some kind of way. And um, they're really glad that like people are, are receiving this information and like doing something good with it. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. So I guess like the internet <laughs> and then like local <laughs> trans stuff, like there's often going to be that kind of like hierarchy within trans communities, even as like this, 
again, like that binary understanding of what trans means even, um, but other groups do exist. Like I'm thinking of in, in Atlanta, like Southern Fried Queer Pride. They're a really awesome group. Okay, that's the best name that's ever. Name. Yeah, right? <laughs> like thinking of their shirts. <laughs> yeah. Like this one with this and, and strap on with butter in it. Anyway, oh my God, fun. that's too that's good. Amazing. It's so good. Like, and they have like amazing art artwork and like uplift artists and i'm gonna check them out yeah taylor alexander is an awesome drag performer in atlanta that kind of stuff is really like so powerful and where like queer culture comes from all right very briefly we're gonna do a rapid fire round with you all right so we've been asking every guest the same four questions and don't overthink it just whatever comes to mind Uh, how would you describe love in five words or less unconditional mm, i'm overthinking uh, <laughs> everyone does <laughs> <laughs> okay i could do this i don't know if it's unconditional connection acceptance understanding awesome favorite oh, sorry i interrupted i love that so you said connection, understanding, acceptance, hopeful. Yeah. That's great. Favorite love song or one of your favorites? We're going to make a playlist. Um, I think it's called A Joyful Man. Cool. Okay. Do, you, do you know who it's by? Mm, I have to look on my Spotify. You That's want me okay. to look it up? Yeah. Okay. It's my favorite song. In the world. Cool. Yeah. A Joyful Man, Maestra. M-A-Y-E-S-T-R-A. Oh, I'm going to check it out. Maybe I'll listen to it on my... Yeah. Bring your shame and your intensity. And I have space for all of that. Mm. I love that. Beautiful. Really beautiful. If you watch romantic comedies, do you have a favorite romantic comedy? (laughs) I totally watch romantic comedies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're all so cliche. Oh, what's the name of that I watched it so many times. Who's in it? I can picture her face. <laughs> Is it Julia Roberts? Because she's been coming up a lot. No, it's not Julia Roberts. It's like a British movie. It's about like friendship, love. Is it? Is it Winning London with Mary Kane Nashley? No. <laughs> I appreciate these questions. I can't even think of a name of any romantic comedy right That's now. That's totally fine. It's totally fine. So we'll we'll go with winning winning London. Um, <laughs> final question. Last but not least, right. what piece of advice about relationships, love, community, family, anything like that would you give your younger self? I think it would be to find love in myself. I think that would have allowed me, like if I had been able to tap into that younger. I would have been able to like connect more fully as in my relationships. And that's still true. And I'm still working on that, but I wish I had discovered, or maybe like it would have been nice to have discovered that earlier and like been able to uncover all that shame and stuff a lot sooner. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks therapy. I know. (laughs) I know. Shout out to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of really great books that have helped me in that process too. Like Poly Secure is a really awesome book um, about like finding secure relationship with yourself and others. Like that's a really awesome Very book. Very cool. 
Thank you so much. I want to yeah. be respectful of your time and not talk to you forever, even though obviously this topic is so broad, like we barely scratched the surface, but we'll definitely delve more into this. If I reach out to you for season two, don't be surprised. We have so many things we want to talk about. This is kind of like our intro season. Yeah, um, awesome. But I really appreciate this. And it was great to connect with you. I'm going to like yeah. stalk you on Facebook after this and see more of your village. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited you all are finding ways to connect too. Yeah. yeah thanks. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great yeah. talking to you. Thinking of me. Bye. Awesome. Have a good day. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. That was such a great interview. That was fascinating. Um, in addition to the great content, can I tell you what one of my takeaways was? What's that? Jordan has a very alluring voice. Yes, they really do. And great things to say. Great things to say, yes. I just really appreciated hearing their perspective. I love to hear what they had to say about what they've done for the queer community, how they've interacted with it. Yeah. I just love their perspective as an activist and as someone who's just, I don't know, just trying to do life differently. Yes. And another thing I love was how confident and secure Jordan is in themselves. Yeah. And in their decisions of how they're doing life differently. Like it makes me want to re-examine my life and the things that I think are like, oh, well, I've got to do it this way. Do I really? And like, I found that so valuable to just listen to them from their point of view sharing their life their story and also sharing you know more broadly how it relates to the bigger picture of the world yeah they're very inspiring very um yeah. very thought provoking yeah i want to keep more in touch with jordan jordan when you listen to this can you text me and can we set up a time to hang out <laughs> i love that adrian's coming yes i'm coming too yeah, we're friends on Facebook now, so. I love that. Yeah. All right, so something I want us to do. Yes. Since we've talked a lot about sexuality, how fluid it is, how it changes, is I want us to take the Kinsey scale test. Okay. But should we maybe tell our listeners what that is? Yes, and I have some I have some thoughts and feelings on it, so. Okay. But yes, please tell us, tell us what the Kinsey scale test is. So the Kinsey scale test is all about the prevalence of hetero or homosexuality in your life. So doctors Alfred Kinsey, Wardell Pomeroy, I'm sorry about your name, (laughs) (laughs) and Clyde Martin developed the heterosexual homosexual rating scale, most commonly known as the Kinsey scale. It was first published in 1948, and the scale accounts for research findings that shows people did not really fit exclusive heterosexual or homosexual categories. So it's a zero to X rating. So zero is exclusively heterosexual. Three is equally heterosexual and homosexual. So three is like you're totally bi. Mm -hmm. Six is exclusively homosexual. And X means you have no sexual contacts or reactions. So, you know, you can get a one A one means you're predominantly heterosexual and incidentally homosexual. So it's a zero to X rating. 
Adrian's looking at me like they have a lot to say. So I'm going to turn it over to Adrian. Well, okay. So I'm not sure the best way to go about it. So I haven't actually looked at the Kinsey scale test yet. Good. We were waiting to not. do it together. You better not. But I did some research on this Kinsey scale test. Ooh. Because going into <laughs> it, one of my main concerns yeah. is this has a lot to do with gender binary. Yeah. I've wondered that because... It's all about same sex or opposite sex. Yeah. So what so, do you think about that? Okay, so I have a couple of things. One, I would like to take a look at this test. So I think we should do that together. Yeah. But I did find another test that I'm interested Ooh. in doing as well. What's the other test? Um, it's called the storm test. I don't know where. Storms test. Let me look it up. Yeah, so it's called the storms sexuality axis. Ooh, yeah, let's do both. So I would like to look at that after we look at this. What if we start by you giving me the Kenzie scale test and then you can decide if you want to take it or not too. Okay. Yeah, I think that's great. You pull her up. Adrian made us the most amazing dinner. I just want to share that with the listeners while they're pulling up the pod. And then after the amazing dinner, I ate probably approximately four cups of stale popcorn. And I'm not proud of that, but I want to share. It is Garrett's popcorn, which is famously famous Chicago popcorn that I got when I was in so Chicago. So good. Also, their tagline is "Love is messy." Fuck. So Garrett's, if you're hearing this, <laughs> sponsor. We would love a sponsor. Because love is messy. Look at us. I mean, not to speak for Adrian. Look at me. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Kinsey scale test. All right, I'm a little nervous. There's seven questions. Why am I nervous? Like, this is going to, like, change how I identify. Question number one. To whom are you attracted? Both men and women. Mostly people the opposite sex from mine. Mostly people of the same sex as mine. Only people of the opposite sex from mine. Or only people of the same sex as mine. Mostly people of the same sex. Okay. Who have you had sex with? Both men and women. Both men and women, but I prefer people the opposite sex from mine. Both men and women, but I prefer people of the same sex as mine. Only people of the opposite sex from mine. Only people of the same sex as mine. I'm just thinking how much I preferred sex with men. <laughs> so I can say both men and women, or I can say both men and women, but I prefer the opposite sex, or both men and women, but I, but I prefer the same sex? Yes. Both men and women, but I prefer the same sex. Okay. Have you had sexual fantasies about both men and women, mostly people the opposite sex from mine, mostly people the same sex as mine, only people the opposite sex from mine, only people of the same sex as mine? Both men and women. With whom do you form strong emotional bonds? Both men and women... Mostly people the opposite sex from mine. Mostly people the same sex as mine. Only people the opposite sex from mine. Only people from the same sex as mine. It's interesting because that doesn't say strong romantic emotional bonds. Yeah, it just says emotional bonds. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say both men and women then. Okay. Who do you feel the most comfortable socializing with? Both men and women. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it's that's going to be an option. Okay. The idea of having sex with someone of the opposite sex from mine is... Oh, opposite. The opposite sex is desirable, interesting, tolerable, <laughs> negative, or disgusting. Depends on the day. 
Uh, let's go with interesting. Okay. So the idea of having sex with someone of the same sex as mine is desirable. Desirable. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> if it's the same, it's the same options, right? Yes. Desirable. Okay. Are you ready for your... <sighs> yeah. What? I'm, I'm nervous. Am you I straight? Are... You were straight. <laughs> you are a four. Oh my god! Ah! <laughs> Homosexual, more than incidental, heterosexual tendencies. I think that's accurate. I'm a four. I'm not You're even a five. I love that I'm a four. My bestie's a four too. Yeah, can't wait to tell her. I'm gonna text her immediately. Okay, so I'm a four. You're a four. I'm less gay than I thought. Yeah. I'm happy for that for me. <laughs> Would you say that's changed drastically in the last yes. year or six I months? I was probably yeah. a six. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I think I was more, it's so weird. I think I was more gay, but sleeping with men uh-huh. made me feel a lot gayer. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I don't know, I'm lower on the Kinsey scale, but I'm queerer and gayer now. Okay. Like, let me take care of you. Let me, ladies, hit me up is what I'm saying. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, like I got queer, but lower on the Kinsey scale. <laughs> Do you want to take it or does it not feel right to you? Okay, so I don't think I can take it. Yeah, I see that. It just feels like, like for me to take it, I would have to choose, you know, I would have to choose a gender. Yeah, and so interesting. You know, in the past, I would have just gone with my assigned gender, which is male. But, like, I just feel like that, it doesn't feel true to me. Like, that feels like invalidating a piece of me, you know? I totally get that. It makes perfect sense. Okay, let me pull up the other one. So, this is on the same website, by the way. Right. IDRlabs.com, if you're interested. And what is this called again? Storm Sexuality Axis. I'll read the the synopsis on this one. Okay. So it's the erotic response and orientation scale. Ooh, interesting. The erotic response and orientation scale was developed by psychologist Michael Storms in order to account for problems with the Kinsey scale tests, which many found to be overly binary in its approach to sexual orientation. The test is lauded for its contributions, which include a more complex and less linear understanding of non-binary orientations, as well as an appreciation of the fact that some people are asexual. So one thing I do want to point out, just so we're not not shitting on our boy Kinsey. The Kinsey scale was developed in, I think it was like 1948. Yeah, so the Kinsey scale was developed in 1948. So obviously, our (laughs) understanding of sexuality has changed drastically since 1948. Honestly, just knowing that there was a scale in 1948 makes me feel really good. I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) The Storm's sexuality access was developed in 1980. So still a while ago, but definitely when we've had a little more information. Right. Do you want me to give you the Storm test? Amazing. Love it. 15 questions for you, which we already seems better. Question one. I identify as a man, woman, other. Other. Okay, everything is, this question is going to be graded as two thumbs down, one thumb down, nothing, one thumb up, two thumbs up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. 
For the past two weeks, I have found myself wanting to have real-life sexual intercourse with a woman. Um, We'll give that two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yes, I love that for you. Okay, in the past two weeks, same scale. Two thumbs down, one thumb down, nothing. One thumb up or two thumbs up. Uh In the past two weeks, I have entertained the fantasy of being in a long-term romantic relationship with a man. Um, I'd say one thumb down. Definitely haven't thought about it, but like, yeah, it's not like a hard two thumbs down. Yeah, same actually. Yeah. In the past two weeks, I have found myself wanting to have real life sexual intercourse with a man. I'd say like the middle, like the middle, the yeah, like nothing. I don't know that I've like thought about it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've thought about it a little bit and been like, I don't know, is that something I'm interested in? But haven't like actively thought. Yes, let's do it. Then that sounds like a good. Good one, the yeah. middle. In the past two weeks, I have entertained the fantasy of being in a long-term romantic relationship with a woman. Yeah, I'd say you give that one thumb, thumb up. One thumb. <laughs> in the past two weeks, I have fantasized about sexual intercourse with a woman. Let's say two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, let's give it two thumbs up. <laughs> in the past two weeks, I have found myself sexually aroused by a woman. Yeah, I'd say one thumb up. In the past two weeks, I have found myself sexually aroused by a man. I'm going to say one thumb down. The two weeks time frame is interesting. Yeah, to me. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very present. Right, yeah. Because my answers right now would be totally different than two months ago. Yeah. In the past two weeks, I have found a man attractive. Uh, that's one one thumb up for sure. Ooh, who? I, I don't know. I can't think of anyone specific. Okay. I can't I'm, think of I'm someone specific. I'm trying to get you to spill the tea on the pod. <laughs> I mean, honestly, same. They're attractive men. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like movie stars. Who's your movie star male crush? Um, I mean, Brad Pitt. Oh yeah. Is I'm um I'm, I'm very attracted to Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, Ryan if Gosling. you're not attracted to Brad right. Pitt, like. Right. You're denying something. Okay, one thing. Brad Pitt <laughs> recently, he went to his new movie, Bullet Train, which I'm very excited to see. He went to the premiere. I've heard about that. It looks very good. He went to the premiere wearing a skirt. A kilt or a skirt? It's a skirt. It's like a little in between. Here, I'm going to pull it up. That's hot. So that makes see. me even more it attracted is, to Brad Pitt. And it's kind of a uh, skirt suit. Let me. I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, I'm into this. It looks like he sort of looks like... An elder lesbian, honestly. I'm not going to be able to handle it. Which we're here for. I think I need to start dating elder lesbians. Are you ready yeah. for this? Right? I am. The, it's the boots for me. Right, right. The boots are great. The I'm, boots are great I'm more attracted to Brad Pitt in that photo than I have been in many, many things he's done. It was This was an outfit that was like, because I've been on the fence on like wearing skirts, but like seeing this, I'm like, I would totally wear that skirt. Brad Pitt's doing it. Yeah. And I like that it's like an earthy skirt. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a little, like it looks a little kilt-ish, sort of. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's way hotter than a kilt. A kilt, I'm not attracted to. No, I mean, I agree. (laughs) That, I'm attracted to. Okay. Okay, so. Brad Pitt. So, Adrian's sexuality is Brad Pitt. It is Brad Pitt. And it's also mine. That is very true. (laughs) Question 10. In the past two weeks, I have found a woman attractive. Two thumbs up. Nice. In the past two weeks, I have wanted to touch a man intimately and or be naked in the company of a man. Yeah, I'd say two thumbs. Oh, no, one thumb down. Okay. It's not something I've actively wanted. Same. (laughs) (laughs) 
In the past two weeks, I have fantasized about sexual intercourse with a man. No, one thumb down. In the past two weeks, I have fantasized about non-sexual petting and or bodily closeness with a man. Mm, I'd I'd say the middle. Okay. In the past two weeks, I have wanted to touch a woman intimately and or be naked in the company of a woman. Yeah, I'd say two thumbs up. In the past two weeks, I have fantasized about non-sexual petting and or bodily closeness with a woman. Yeah, I'd say two thumbs up. All right. Let's get your results. Um, I've been gay for quite a while, and I don't know what these results mean. <laughs> so, so I'm going to pass the phone to Adrian to explain. Okay, let's look. Okay, so interesting. So it says your sexual orientation is 39.3% androphile and 92.9% gynophile, which places you in the gynophile quadrant. I assume gynophile has to do with women. Let's look it up. Let me take a screenshot of this and we'll post it on Insta. That's a great idea. In case you want to know Adrian's exact orientation, which I do. You're definitely, Adrian is in no way bisexual or asexual. That's what I gather. Yeah. So gynophile, gyno is the love of femininity. Oh, that's you. Yeah. So I guess androphile would probably be the love of masculinity. You're a gynophile. Yeah. I mean, I hate that word. Could Could we come up with another word? Yeah. Sounds like my gynecologist. Yeah, so showing preference for males. So I'm a 39, what was it, 39.3%? 39.3% androphile, 92.9% gynophile. Okay, so another interesting thing, the questions were still very binary. They were, yeah. So not way better. See, I would have liked it better if like it was just posed more as like yeah. more masculine or more feminine. Yeah, for sure. I think that would have been. I don't. And honestly, some of those questions I answered, I really answered more. I thought of them more in terms of like more masculine and more feminine than I did like the actual yeah gender itself. Honestly, me too. As I yeah. was reading them, yeah, because I just don't really think about genders as like yeah, you're a man, you're a woman, yeah. But I feel like the results kind of reflect more of that. Like, are you more attracted to femininity or masculinity? Which, again, is a very social construct and definition. But Do you think we should propose to Jordan that they create their own very accurate, nuanced, non-gendered scale? And that they would do it and name it the Adrian (laughs) Susanna scale? (laughs) I love that idea. And I don't know what that means. Like, I think we're both kind of feminine, right. but we're also both kind of not. So right. it's going to be a really weird scale. Yeah, I think so too. I like that I was less gay than I thought I would be. I thought I was going to be a five. Yeah. And I'm happy to know that my worldview is a bit more expansive now. Yeah, I do love that. But yeah, I think we've got to approach Jordan about so this new scale. We so could too. also potentially name it after your dogs, the Moe and Duncan scale. <laughs> the Moe and Duncan scale. Or my dogs, the Hazel and Biscuit sa- yeah. scale. I think your dogs are more gender fluid, I feel. They really are, even though Biscuit does sometimes go by they, them. Yeah, I feel like- Is uh, that offensive? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's just because I if know knew, him so if well. If you knew Biscuit, you would know this. Yeah, like Biscuit- It's true. He's- He's like 75% of the time he likes he, him, uh-huh. but he also really likes they, them. That's so true for Biscuit. I, I, I feel that. 
And sometimes when I'm feeding him in the morning, I feed him right after Hazel and I've just told Hazel, good girl, when she starts eating. So I'll just say good girl to Biscuit because it's in my head. Uh-huh. And he's fine with that. He doesn't I would be mind. fine with that. Yeah, he doesn't mind. You say, if I get a good girl, I'm fine with that. Are you coming on to us? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> a whole different podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing. All right. Should we end? <laughs> yeah, I think we should end. <laughs> All right. This is so fun. Yeah, so fun. Thanks, Jordan. Yes, thanks so much. And we'll, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Follow along on our socials at Open Heart Surgery Pod on Instagram, Open Heart Pod on Twitter, and Open Heart Surgery Podcast on Facebook. This podcast is produced by Adrian and Susanna with music by Space Baby and logo design by Emma. This is a Lost Frequency audio production. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>